I keep track of all of my inquiries that I get on a spreadsheet and I have a question in my contact form asking people how they found me. And so from that, I was able to pull a lot of data to find out where my clients were coming from. And I realized that they weren't coming from social media in any capacity. I used to do wedding shows because I'm a wedding photographer and they realistically weren't even coming from doing these wedding shows. They were coming from Google and word of mouth. And so keeping my blog up and running, learning more about SEO and how to get traffic on my website. Um, And then as I started to grow, leaning more into email marketing as well has really been an absolute game changer and makes Instagram feel more like just something I can do when I want to instead of something that I have to do every day. Welcome to the podcast to amplify show the podcast for women leaders who are ready to spend less time feeding the algorithm and more focused time leveraging podcasting as a strategic tool to accelerate their business growth. I'm your host Rosemary Callender, podcast launch strategist, mom of one and Netflix chocoholic. You're in the right place if you want to learn everything you need to know about creating a strategic and intentional podcast that attracts high quality leads and visibility opportunities for your business. Now, are you ready to amplify your voice impact and revenue? Then let's head into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Growth Without Socials series. Today, I'm chatting with Sandra Henderson, a photographer, system strategist, and podcast host based in Ontario, Canada. Sandra specializes in helping photographers create strategic systems for their businesses to help them get their time back so they can spend it doing the things they love the most. Hi, Sandra. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing really well. My day is just getting started over here in Canada, so I have no complaints so far. (laughs) And mine is nearly coming to an end. It's just this whole time zone thing just sometimes throws me for a loop. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so before we dive into all the details around how you have managed to grow your online business without relying on social media, I'd love it if you could share a bit more about you and how you got started in your business. Yeah, well, I have a lifelong love of photography. When I was little, I'm kind of aging myself whenever I tell this story, but I used to just be obsessed with disposable cameras, which like anybody younger than 30 listening to this is probably going to have no idea what I'm talking about, but I love disposable cameras. And everywhere I went, like even if it was just like a special day at school or a trip with my family or whatever the case may be, I needed to have my own disposable camera. I couldn't share with anybody else. So that love for photography was definitely just in me. And then as I got older, it started seeming like it was possible to turn this into a career. So I tried to do it on my own for a little bit and decided to go back to school. Um, It's just my style of learning. There was a lot of things that I needed that classroom environment to really thrive in. So I did that. And then I launched my photography business uh, March of 2013. So we're just coming up on 11 years right now, which still seems so surreal. But I come from also like an entrepreneurial family. And so as I was getting like going through college and taking these photography courses, there was nothing ever in the back of my mind that said I was going to go work for someone else. Like the goal was always to Mm -hmm. become a photographer in business for myself. And so I hit the ground running um, as I got out of college, and here we are, almost 11 years later. That's amazing. I don't think I've met 
Actually, no, I had a client who was maybe 10 years in business, but most people don't get to that point, right? Let, let's just keep it real. So what would you say was or is the biggest thing that has helped you get to like that 11 year mark? I think first and foremost is just kind of having realistic expectations of what it means to be a business owner, um, especially in those first like five years of my business. Those can be the hardest years, right? And it's so common for businesses to not even turn any sort of profit in that time. And so thankfully, I kind of like had my mind wrapped around all of that as I was getting into it. Um, so just kind of having realistic expectations of the workload that was going to be involved in it. But really focusing my time and energy on things like blogging in the beginning was huge. Um, when I started my photography business was just when businesses were starting to use Facebook. Instagram wasn't really even a thing, especially not for businesses then. Um, and so at first I did get business from Facebook. But then as more and more businesses started showing up, it just felt like I was posting and not getting anything out of it. And it was just draining me. And so I started realizing what kind of traffic I was bringing in from my blog. Um, I keep track of all of my inquiries that I get on a spreadsheet. And I have a question in my contact form asking people how they found me. And so from that, I was able to pull a lot of data to find out where my clients were coming from. And I realized that they weren't coming from social media in any capacity. I used to do wedding shows because I'm a wedding photographer, and they realistically weren't even coming from doing these wedding shows. They were coming from Google and word of mouth. And so keeping my blog up and running, learning more about SEO and how to get traffic on my website... Um, and then as I started to grow, leaning more into email marketing as well has really been an absolute game changer and makes Instagram feel more like just something I can do when I want to instead of something that I have to do every day. A hundred percent. And so you're right. Going back to the beginning of your journey, Facebook was around Instagram isn't what it is mm -hmm. now. But did you dabble with it a little bit or did you just think or did you kind of approach it? which a lot of people don't do, like sort of double barrel. So I'd sort of, I'm going to do Instagram or social media maybe in general, but I'm also going to tap into blogging because a lot of people tend to just, this is me. <laughs> like I'm not pulling anyone else out. This is me too. Just kind of put every effort, every egg into the Instagram basket. What was it like for you? I definitely was trying to do both in the beginning, trying to, you know, do it all, show up in all the places all the time. Um, and it was over the last probably two or three years that I really started to pull back on social media. Um, I hesitated about partway through because everybody else in business is like, you have to be on Instagram, you have to be showing up all the time. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. But I decided to stick with it. And now like, on my photography account, I'm showing up in my stories, but I haven't posted in like a week. And it feels nice to not be worried about that because what's coming up next on my calendar is my mini sessions coming up in May um, for my family clients being in Canada. The weather is terrible here right now and nobody is getting family photos done. So we're anxiously awaiting for the spring. And I used to be posting about those mini sessions for families almost every single day, having to make events on Facebook. I used to have a mm. Facebook group for my clients. And so I was really trying to communicate with everybody over social media and it just wasn't working. I think 
in, I mean, we did have the pandemic to deal with, but in 2021, I yeah. think I had only three or four um, fall mini clients, which is really low for what I normally expect. Um, and then last year, I posted a couple of times on social media, but I really focused my time and energy on my email list and getting an opt-in on my website to get people into my email list. And I was able to book fully book out my fall minis last year and 10 of the 12 of them were repeat clients. So they all came from my email newsletter. The other two, I think one of them found me on Instagram and the other was word of mouth, but it would like was so eye-opening into the power of my email list um, after focusing so much time on blogging. And it was just kind of like that extra extra little bit of permission I needed to stop focusing so much energy on Instagram. Yeah, I really resonate with what you're saying. I have been on a similar journey myself. And I wondered for you, was there like a defining moment? I know you talked about having looked at the data and you saw that, you know, you weren't getting much traffic from Instagram. It was through your blog or Google. Was there a specific defining moment for you or was it literally just looking at the data and the numbers? It was kind of a mix of both. Um, So in the beginning of 2020, I was formally diagnosed with a disease called endometriosis, which causes chronic inflammation and pain. Some people know all about it. Other people have never heard about it before because it's a very understudied disease um, that primarily affects women. Um, but without getting into a whole tangent on that, having that take over like such a huge part of my life and become something that I really had to navigate daily um, mixed with the information that I was getting from my data was like it was so eye opening and when I started like really having to navigate the impact of endometriosis on my daily life, I realized in a, like uh, an epiphany kind of moment late one night while I was in bed and I was like, I'm not ready to give up my business. Like I've given up a lot already. We're going through so much from the pandemic where we're having our businesses shut down. We had a lot of lockdowns where I live in Canada. And so I was like, with all of these things being taken away from me, my business is not going to be one of them. And so that's when I really started diving into the numbers and figuring out what kind of changes I was going to have to make to my marketing, to the way that I communicated with my clients, pretty much everything across the board. Um, And thankfully, I had those numbers to back it up to know what was going to be the right decision. Yeah. And that's the key thing because many of us don't track the numbers. Like for me, in the three years, I've not got a client directly from Instagram. And to mm-hmm. your point earlier, you know, everyone, t- the shoulds, you should be on Instagram, you should market your business on Instagram. And so I spent a ridiculous amount of time trying to crack the code. I cannot tell you how many thousands of pounds I've spent on like Instagram or content courses, how to write the perfect caption. and. I do believe that has impacted how I believe, because for the longest time I said, oh, I'm not a writer. I can't do email because I don't know how to write. If I can't write a a converting caption, I can't write an email that's going to convert from my email list. And it's all these things, right, that we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that really is as a result of the noise I specifically talk about Instagram because I feel like Facebook is different. I feel like LinkedIn is different. There's something about Instagram specifically that's really noisy, a little bit toxic, and can really send you 
into a spiral. So I'm really, I'm really excited to do these series and spotlight women experts like yourselves to really showcase to everyone, as many people as I can, that you can grow a business without socials. There is other things out there that are not as draining. You just need to find the marketing strategy to suit you. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to just try things out and not try to get stuck in your head about things like, I'm not a writer. I'm lucky that I absolutely love writing, but I know that's something that I talk to business owners about all the time, about their hesitations on blogging and emailing is, well, I'm not a writer. Well, thankfully, we have this wonderful tool called ChatGBT now, so that can fix anybody's non-writing problems. Um, But I think once you try it out and just kind of see that things aren't as hard as you think they're going to be or find that strategy and get over those hurdles that you're setting for yourself, then it will make a huge difference because we're so used to being on Instagram and being lost in all that noise that you were talking about and getting lost in imposter syndrome and comparing ourselves to others. But when I'm blogging and when I'm writing up an email, I don't have anybody that I'm comparing myself to. It's literally just me. And it feels really good when I'm sending out these emails and I'm seeing that nobody's unsubscribing from my list. It gives me that confirmation that they're actually interested and that the content that I'm sending is helpful. Um, I found that people who do reply to my emails, I'm actually building a better connection with them that way than I ever would have on social media. And so it has been really fun to play around with and feels really good to take that pressure, that Instagram pressure off of my plate. No, a hundred percent. So when you finally decided to pivot away from Instagram, were there any worries, were there any concerns, or you just thought you made the transition feeling confident and secure? What, if anything, came up for you? I was definitely a little worried in the beginning um, because there are so many people out there that are saying, like, if you're going to do well in business, you have to be showing up on Instagram every day. And I do try to remind myself that the people who are teaching that are teaching you how to succeed on Instagram. They're not teaching you how to succeed as a business owner. But it's it's so noisy. There's so many people saying it. And like, I remember a random example, but planning my own wedding. And like, I was like, how many times am I going to hear people say that I need to have a wedding planner before I hire a wedding planner? And so I finally did. And it was the best decision ever. And so it was like, kind of that same mentality. It's like, well, everybody's telling me that I have to be on Instagram. So I guess I have to be on Instagram. And so I was worried um, because I was pulling back during the pandemic. And it was like, I didn't know what the cause was that was making my clientele smaller than it had been. And so, yeah, I was definitely nervous. Definitely, there were more than a few occasions where I thought I'd made the wrong decision and maybe I should start showing up more. But I found when I felt that way and I started just showing up for the sake of showing up, then there was no return on that investment, that investment being my time. And so it was like, I get so much, I get more comments, I get more interaction, more engagement from the content that I'm doing sporadically because I want to be there and I have something to say as opposed to just showing up and saying like, happy national puppy day or whatever, like (laughs) random thing I can think to talk about that day. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. It's what they say about how you show up and your energy, your audience can feel it. They can see it. It's 100% true. I've not shown up on Instagram since Friday. Today's Tuesday. And today, even I'm still on my own journey, right? 
mm-hmm. I am a recovering Instagram addict. Like, you know. Me too. I mean, I'm still on it every day. I'm just not posting every day. I haven't yeah. cut my own personal umbilical cord with it. Yeah, it's got such a hold. It was a very unhealthy relationship with mm-hmm. Instagram. And I was very ashamed. Like most of 2023, I was very ashamed to really talk about how it made me feel. And then in September, I took a month off, 30 days. And oh, it was the best thing ever. Um, You know, I didn't make 10K months, but it was the most productive that I was in my business. Because again, Mm -hmm. the shoulds, you know, I worked with this coach once who said you should post at eight, you know, your morning cup of tea so that people can start to get to know you. Then you post at lunchtime and then you post that. No, I just, I wake up, I walk the dog, I have my cup of tea, I feed the dog, I sit down at my desk at eight. I found that when I was picking up my phone to get the perfect selfie or take a picture and then write the text, oh my goodness, that's the wrong color. I've just, my brain is not now in the zone, right? And so Mm -hmm. it has been a huge transition But Threads has been good. That's how you and I connected. Yes, I love Threads. It's so much fun over there. It is. And I was worried. It's only been, I think, Christmas for me. So what's that? About seven weeks or so. And I was worried that it might become another addiction, but it's not. Like with Instagram, I would wake up, pick up the phone, Mm -hmm. check. Did I get any likes? Did I get any DMs? Who, Who looked at my stories? It was absolutely insane. And it's even more bonkers to me because three and a half years ago, I wasn't on Instagram. I had a profile, but I wasn't really on Instagram. Like when I started my business account, the photos were from 2013, (laughs) right? So I wasn't active. And here I've Mm -hmm. gone in three short years from not using the platform to completely obsessed. Like it's not, it's not healthy at all. I can totally relate to that for sure. And so if there's anyone listening who also relates, and this is resonating, I want to give you permission. And this is what the series is all about. This is what the Biz Beyond the Gram Bundle, which is um, affiliated with this series is all about. I want you to give permission, give yourself permission to step away if it's not serving you, if it's not, whether it's serving your business, whether it's serving your mental health, whatever it might be, and give yourself that time to explore other avenues. So now, Sandra, Mm -hmm. you're doing the blogging, you're writing to your email list. Tell us a little bit more about your email strategy. Are you writing to them often? Are you sharing your blog with them? How do the two work together? Yeah, well, I have two different email lists currently. Um, So I've talked a lot about my photography business. but I am also a system strategist and HoneyBook educator. And so I have an email list for that as well. Now, my photography email list, I'll be completely honest, I could probably be using that a little bit better. Um, I'm reaching out to them around my mini sessions to launch them and book those sales. I do try to incorporate some helpful emails in there as well, because nobody loves being on the receiving end of emails that are just constant. Sales. Pay me, pay me, pay me all the time. And so I have tried to incorporate other emails like what to wear for your family session or inspiration on locations and things like that. Just things that can help them feel more prepared for their session, regardless of whether or not they've already booked. 
Um, and hopefully that will encourage them and like give them an idea of how they'll feel on the actual day of having their photo taken. With my systems and education email list, I do a lot more with that one. Um, I send out weekly emails and I try to separate, I maybe do one full sales email a month. Otherwise, I'm mostly reaching out to them to share tips and tricks, build that relationship with them, build that like, know, and trust factor. So I'm trying to share stories from my own experience in business. And then I have links at the bottom of my emails that are ways for them to hire me because I think it's important to always have calls to action. But I think taking an approach of not just always selling to your clients in your email list and showing up with ways that you can help them um, get them to know you better, get them to trust you, get them to know what to expect from their time working with you. All of that is going to go so far in building that relationship with your clients with, again, out ever having to be on Instagram. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you share your blogs to Instagram occasionally or not really? I used to um, back when I was like really heavily trying to be on Instagram all the time with all the things, but now I don't. Um, I find that for the most part, people aren't clicking off of links on Instagram. I know I don't unless it's something that I really want to see. Um, so I was just finding like I was going through all the effort of creating graphics to put my stories and then going through the process of adding the links and things like that. And that was 10, 15 minutes of work for sometimes even more for a post that never got clicked on on Instagram. So it was just kind of like, what is the point of me doing this? Um, when I do podcast episodes and I have the show notes, I'll put like a link to that on my Instagram. But for my general blogs, they they just live peacefully on my website. <laughs> yeah, you're right about Instagram people just want to be on Instagram. But that's that's the goal of Adam and his folk, right? They want yeah, to keep exactly. people on the app. And it's interesting you said that about your blog. And I don't know if you have any stats around your podcast episodes, but this is only recent. But I have started to be in the camp of not sharing podcast episodes on social media because for the same reason that you said, I just feel like people are on socials they say to be social, but I'm not quite sure how that works with Instagram, right? <laughs> right? They're going to be entertained, you know, real, real, mm-hmm. swipe, swipe, swipe. And I haven't got any stats or any specific data, except that, you know, I might post a graphic or I might post an audiogram or I might post a video clip and videos did better than the other two. But if I'm honest with you, it was back in summer 2023, I had a SEO specialist on the podcast. And with her advice, I did some keyword research, updated some old episode titles, and my downloads doubled within a couple of weeks. Not that I focused that much on downloads. But that then got me thinking, and I think I might have read it in, you know, other places, you need to go where the podcast listeners are not trying to wave your new episode in front of people who are on an app to be entertained. You know, I mean, I'm a sucker for a dog video, a dog reel, right? Whatever the entertainment thing is, Mm -hmm. why not share your podcast where people are already looking for your content, whether that's Google, whether it's Pinterest. So it's more search engine platforms rather than social media platforms. So I find it 
interesting that you said that about your blog. We can spend a whole episode talking about this. But I just, when you said that, I was like, yes, I feel like the same could be said about podcast listeners. You need Mm -hmm. to go where they're already consuming your content, searching for your content, instead of trying to be like in the middle of the ocean, waving, waving your flag, trying to get noticed. That's what sharing your episode on Instagram feels like. Yeah, that's such a good point. I don't have any data on it either, but I definitely have episodes that I haven't shared to Instagram. Yeah. And as far as I can tell from like my weekly um, reports that I get, the episodes do the same regardless of whether they're posted yeah. on Instagram or not. So that's a really, really good point. I think I might have to do some experimenting with that myself. I'm all about trying yes. out new things in business and just seeing how they go. If they don't work out, then that's cool. Go back to doing it the way you were doing it before or try something else. But we have this, I know at, for photographers anyway, a lot of them come into business just thinking that they have to have all the answers right away and they can't do anything mm. unless they're going to be able to do it perfectly. And over the last few years, I've really given myself permission to just try new things and make mistakes and see what works and see what doesn't, see what I like and see what I don't. Um, and so, yeah, that's definitely something that I think I'm going to play around with on my podcast too. Cause you know, the clips are great and everything, but they're also on the like creator side there. They take some effort, <laughs> even with the yeah. like magic of Riverside. And so it'd be interesting to see if it actually has a positive impact to take it completely off of Instagram. Yeah, I found it really, really interesting. But before we wrap up, I would love to hear more about your systems side of your business. Who do you help? How do you help them? All the things. Yeah, absolutely. So primarily my audience that I work with is photographers and wedding professionals. But as someone who has been an entrepreneur for 11 years now coming up in March, I definitely have a lot of experience working with other types of businesses and different industries and things like that. And so my goal is to just give business owners the ability to thrive in their business with everything being streamlined and simplified. So that way we're not spending all of this extra time on little tasks. Like I did some math recently for a podcast interview where if we were to save ourselves one minute of time for every email that we send, and we send 20 emails in a day, after a month, we have saved ourselves about six and a half hours just by saving one email or one minute off of an email a day. And so when you start to think about how all of these like little seconds of things that we're doing add up that we could be streamlining, we're wasting so much of our time. And as someone who has a chronic illness, and I don't necessarily know what to expect one day to another, I need to know that my business is going to keep thriving and help me succeed regardless of how I'm feeling on any given day. And I think that is relatable to parents, caregivers, people with full-time jobs, with their um, business as a side hustle, anything that's really taking time and priority and just putting more on your plate if we can take some of that off and so that you can your business can still thrive while you focus your energy on those things on your kids on people that you're taking care of whatever the case may be then you can kind of sit back and take a deep breath and relax and not have to worry about all the things all the time um and so i primarily help people with getting like workflows set up inside crm systems and things like that but i also help people build out email workflows as well Um, So I've been using a platform called Flowdesk for years. I absolutely love them. But I know there are plenty of other email marketing platforms like ConvertKit and 
Kajabi and things like that, that will let you build out these funnels for your emails. And that has been something that has been such a game changer for me. Getting the, I mentioned a little bit earlier, I got a bunch of opt-ins set up for my mini sessions and things like that. So that when people land on my website, they are having to give me their email address. And as a benefit to them, they get a discount on their mini session for doing that. And that way I have more and more people that I can market to without having to be on Instagram, Um, which I think is ultimately it's my goal in everything that I'm talking about today is to get me off Instagram. But I really think that it's a goal that I have just in general is to just to get me off Instagram. I hear about people deleting the app and I'm so jealous and I want to know what that feels like. So that's what I'm working towards. We'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. Right? (laughs) We'll have each other for support for sure. Deleting it and keeping it deleted because I deleted it at Christmas and then I reinstalled it. Yeah. so we want to delete back, it right? and keep it deleted yeah it always comes back it's like a boomerang <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's so funny but yeah it's so so true um and so one thing that I wanted to offer to your listeners for anybody that's interested is if you want to send me an email um, my email address is hello at simply or you can go to my website simply Um, And reach out if you are interested in a VIP day where I will build out your email funnel workflows for you. If you don't have any email templates, that's totally okay because I have lots of experience writing for other business owners so I can match tone of voice and things like that. Um, But if that's something that interests you, get in touch with me, mention this podcast, and I would love to offer um, any of your listeners 25% off of that VIP day service so that we can get your emails up and running get you off of Instagram and hopefully get some more time back for you while you are still bringing in all the clients you want and booking out your calendar as far as you need to. Yes, I'm here for that. And that is such a generous offer for our podcast listeners. So if you need any of the support that Sandra helped, please do reach out. All her information will be in the show notes. Thank you so, so much, Sandra, for being with us and sharing how you have successfully leveraged blogging alongside email to grow your business. And I have no doubt that by the end of 2024, you will be off Instagram. Both of us. Yes. We're putting it out in the universe. We're going to make it happen. But I really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, share your story, but most importantly, to inspire our listeners. If you are listening to this podcast series live between the 26th of February and the 1st of March, please sign up for the bundle. There are a ton of resources that will help you to take those first steps away from the gram. Until next time, I will see you and thank you so much for being here. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Podcast to Amplify show. I want to hear from you. Reach out on Instagram and let me know your next action step towards creating a strategic and intentional podcast that grows your business and personal brand. Also, can I ask a favor? Can you share this episode on your story so more impact-driven female business owners just like you are encouraged to use their voices to make a global impact? Thanks so much and I'll see you in the next episode.